Welcome to the Ray of Hope Church podcast. We believe that hope changes everything, so get ready for an encouraging message from the Word of God. We pray that you would receive wisdom and revelation as you grow in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand with me if you would. Praise the Lord. Aren't you glad you go to a church that believes in Scripture? Because I'm telling you, there's some out there that's not really much believing in it anymore. They might reference a part of it and then talk about Nietzsche a little bit, but uh, we're not like that. The voice we care about is God's voice. Amen. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. I don't know if this is going to, you guys are going to shout me out of the building this morning, but we're going to start with seasons, and today we get to do that as our sermon series, and we're going to talk about some things, um, kind of do a 30,000 overview, foot overview, if you would. Um, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, now I encourage you to go back and read through verses 11, but we're only going to read verse 1 and verse 11. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Verse 11, He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, He has put um, eternity in their hearts, except no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. Nobody like our God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, our hearts are bowed to you. We pray simply that you illuminate our spirits with your word this morning in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Everyone says, you may be seated. While you're being seated, say something nice to your neighbor. Maybe they got a nice shirt. If it's your spouse, I would go overboard with it. Here's your chance. One of the things that plagues the church and has really plagued the church for centuries is the simply the understanding that we waste more time than we really should. And as we move into this series that we're talking about with seasons, today what we're going to simply talk about is how it's relevant to purpose. And then in purpose we have time and then seasons. And then I'm going to leave with you four things that we can do in any season that will help us do what God has called us to do. In life, we have different seasons. Time doesn't stop. I'm sure you've been in those seasons where you wish you could have spent more time, maybe a season of abundance, a season of peace, a season of grace or whatever it is, and then you've moved on from some seasons that halfway through the season you wish God would have rescued out of it. Do I have any of those out there? I've been some of those. I've been in places where, God, it seems like time just is standing still. Every time I think about issues with time, I think about when I was in junior high. And most of the kids, I don't know if they know what we had, but we had those clocks with the second hands. You know what I'm talking about? Not the digital clocks, you know, the analog. And it seemed like the minute hand did really good when it got right here at the 12 and it fell down. It seemed like it always fell faster than when it came back up. Was that anybody else? Our bell rang around 320 and it seemed like minutes were hours at 255 and we were still having to do. I would look up there and I would get busy and think, man, it's about time I would look up and like two minutes had passed. You know what I mean? You guys know what I'm talking about. We've been in situations in life. I guess they were getting me prepared because in life there was going to be some situations where it seems like it took forever, but it really, really did not. We have seasons that go, we have seasons and time periods in our life that that happens, and it can really affect the purpose that God has for each and every one of us. The question that's been asked through time, through the centuries, over and over and over again, books have been written, people have become millionaires. It's amazing how you can write a book to answer a question and never really find an answer, but you become a millionaire anyways. God, what is my purpose? 
What are you taking me to? Millions and millions. Rick Warren has a great book. There's been uh, tons of other people have written that. But it's still the answer that we ask ourselves, that we wonder about God. What is my purpose? What did you put here, me, me here on earth for? And we know it's to honor God. We know it's to love God. We know it's to worship God. But in the same light, God, do I have something specific that you've called me to? And he does. There's something inside of us many times that burn and says, listen, I have to go do this. As a minister, that's what burns in my heart. You know, Scripture says, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. And for you, it might be, woe to me if I don't teach or I don't lead or I don't do whatever it is that you are doing because you believe that God is working through your life. And we have to be careful because that is our purpose. And if we're not aware, then our purpose can fleet because we've wasted time. And we don't want to waste time. But a good question to ask, even an unbeliever would say, okay, God, if you're really up there and you've given us a purpose, how do we know that you even exist? And we're going to answer that question. Another question might simply be, okay, God, how do I know that you have created something for me, that you have plans for me? And we know Jeremiah chapter 20, 9, 11, I know the plans that I have for you, saith God. We've memorized that as Christians, so we can answer that. But God helps us in the text, helps us understand that he has made himself easy to find. And that has everything to do with our purpose because once we know that we serve a God and He's out there and He wants us to find Him, then we understand our purpose and that has everything to do with time and seasons. Psalms chapter 19, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows His handiwork. You just go outside and you look up into the stars and you see the heavens and you know there has to be a God, there has to be divine design. You go outside and you see what God is doing and you see that he's moving. Romans chapter 1 verse 19 through 20. For what can be known about God is plain to them. Talking about people who are unsaved. Because God had shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world. In the things that have been made. Last line. So they are without excuses. Excuses won't do on the day of judgment because we have what we need to know that there is a God who exists. And if there's a God who exists, that means we're not just down here for nothing. We're down here for a purpose and a plan. You know, I wonder sometimes as I read these scriptures, and I'm not against the technological revolution. I think it's great. I use technology in my home. I have it on my phone and all that other stuff that we do. But I was thinking about this concept this morning that we have a generation that's so wound up in technology, so they go into a room that was made by man. They look into a TV that was made by man, and what's on the other side of the screen is usually made by man. I know some of that stuff certainly isn't made by God, and he doesn't approve of us watching it, so we need to stop. That was extra there. We really do. Don't justify that kind of garbage. You need to get it out of your house. Man, because the world's only getting worse. Then you look at a phone that was made by man, then you play games that was made by man, and you go down this rabbit trail before you know you have set your things, set your mind on the things of man and not of God. So how do we get free from that? Well, the amazing thing about Scripture, go take a walk outside. Look at the leaves, look at the trees, look at the insects. Look at the birds in the air. Look what God has created, and you'll see divine design everywhere. And we know that if he has purpose for an insect, for a butterfly, if he has um, purpose for the rain clouds, then he died for us. So how much more purpose does he have for us? 
So we realize this purpose, and if, we, if we're not careful, we waste time, and we miss seasons, and we move away from our purpose. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 lets us know that every man was born with a measure of faith, that God has given us a measure of faith. Once again, there will be no excuses. And then as believers, he goes ahead and answers some questions and helps us understand that there will be a time that we will be held accountable. So if we're going to be held accountable, that must mean we have a purpose. You can't hold somebody accountable unless they have a purpose. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. And as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. We will sit in front of God and be judged. Yes, we will be judged whether we accept Jesus Christ or not, but we will also have the things that we've done for him go through some fire. It talks about it, that if it's hay and it's stubble, it will burn up in the fire, but if it's not, it will make it through to the other end. Now, I don't know what that big furnace is going to look like, but I imagine in my mind what's going to happen is God is going to set down things that I've accomplished and the things that I've done with the wrong motives, the things that I've done that I haven't done to bless the name of God, the things that I've done only to bless myself or to change my position or something like that is going to burn up in the fire. Oh, but those things that we've done because we love Jesus, because our motives were in the right place the sacrifice and the suffering that we walk through those will make it amen Amen. do you really believe that scripture says god is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and he says not to set our thing our mind on the things of the earth that the things are in heaven so do you think he's more into giving me stuff here on earth or stuff in heaven where scripture says where moth nor rust can take it over so we know he's a rewarder And that day it's appointed once unto man to die and then the judgment. And we will stand and be held accountable for our actions. What did we do with our time? What did we do in the seasons? Matthew chapter 24 verse 14. So for us who pass from this earth and do our transition, if you will, to heaven or if we we make our bed in hell. But um, for us that are saved and love Jesus and, and we're going to heaven... If for some reason we live past our, um, um, uh, if we live and Christ Christ comes back to get us, and this is what it says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. We have to be aware and watch what's going on. We have to have some kind of blinders on our eyes if we don't see the tragedy and the devastation that's going on in the world, if we don't see that the earth is grumbling, that God's coming back quicker than we think Christ is coming back probably and we need to be ready for that we need to be ready to set our things on the uh, set our mind on the things above and not things here if we look at this one scripture and it says where the gospel will be preached all over the world or we might say the four corners of the world right now that's happening through technology the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ is being preached everywhere amen Oh, man, people are coming to the Lord right and left in different ways that God's doing that. But nonetheless, it is happening. And we must open up the blinders of our eyes and say, God, where do we set at? What is the signs and the times? Because as a believer, I want to make sure that I'm sitting on the edge of my seat and I'm watching and waiting because I know one day you're coming back to get us. And if I don't meet you, God, through transitioning to heaven, then I'll meet you in the air. Oh, God, make sure my heart is ready. But we'll be held accountable. We're going to be held accountable for our time. So as we go into seasons, as we go into time here, I want to encourage our hearts that we're not just saying, oh, just, you know, make it happen. Just drudge it out. It'll be okay. Another season's coming around. 
And it might be, and the truth is, it might be worse than the one you're going through. Well, that's a Debbie Downer. If we read the Bible, though, the people who stood for Christ, sometimes it got worse. When you didn't think it could get any worse, it got worse. So we have to be aware, God, how do I spend my time? How do I do what I need to do? So let's talk about time here for a minute. Ecclesiastes chapter, one, chapter 3, verse 1. There is a time for every purpose. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. And it helps us understand that there is a time. God allows us to go through things. He, he puts us in situations for a purpose, and it's for a time frame. It's hard where we live because we live in chronological time and not Cairo's time. Cairo's time, in a way, is talking about the time of God, not the time of man. And it's an amazing thing that happens, though, whenever Chronos time or chronological time, the time that we live, whenever it meets Cairo's time, now we're talking about a God moment that speaks to your spirit. It's amazing. The only problem with that is this. We live here on earth and we live in chronological time. And many times I found this. I am in a hurry and God is not. God, it is 11.04, and I prayed the prayer at 11 o'clock. Why in the world have you not answered my prayer yet? I'm waiting for that Kairos time to intersect anytime you want to, God. But many times he is not in a hurry. We might be in the midst of a season. He doesn't work on our time frame, but time is a part of it, and he has purposes. And then it's beautiful, and it's time. That means some of us at times we just have to be patient, and we all love that word, don't we? But we just have to sit back and maybe endure the suffering. It doesn't mean we have to do it without joy, without hope, without faith. We can have all those things, but it does mean at times, God, you're not going to pluck me out. But at the same time, when we sit in a position of success and fruitfulness and God is building things in our life, then we say, God, don't let those things blind me either, man. Just because I've had a little bit of success, some good things have happened, don't let me take my eyes off of you. Because one day, I know I'm going to be held accountable for everything that we're doing. And the amazing thing is that we have grace. Matthew chapter 25, the famous verse that we all know, well done, now good and faithful servant. We all long to hear that, amen? What that verse doesn't say is it doesn't say, well, well said, thou good and faithful servant. It doesn't say, well, you had some good intentions. Come on into heaven, thou good and faithful servant. It says, well done. It says, there's a purpose for you. I've gone away and I've left you with some things. Now, you must do what I told you to do and you must do it to the best of your ability. That spirit of excellence that we talked about a couple weeks ago. Because for Christ to look at us, for our God to look at us and say, well done, now good and faithful servant, that means I need to be in the process of done in something. Amen. <laughs> we need to be doing it. Lighten up. I knew that I spoke wrong English. My wife cringed. It's okay. We need to be in the process of doing that. Here's a couple thoughts. Our purpose in life is connected to how we use our time. When we waste or misuse time, we fail to fulfill our intended purpose. Let me read that again. Our purpose in life is connected to how we use our time. When we waste or misuse time, we fail to fulfill the intended purpose. We can't roll back time. All we have is a misuse of time. We can't roll back the time. If, if I'm 75 years old and I'm just finding my purpose, congratulations, we're happy for you. But the reality of the situation is this, that there's going to be some things that you've missed in your purpose and you can't fully fulfill it like you could as if you would have found it earlier because you can't roll back time. 
And we think so many times, well, God will restore it. And the scripture talks about him restoring times. But that's whenever we go after him. We've lost some things in our life. We've lost some years. We've done some things that, that, that uh, we can't get back. But that's for the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's not because we're wasting time. Because we're sitting in a room and we found ourselves in the three or four hour warp of YouTube. And now four hours have gone and we haven't done anything except for watched a bunch of really, really funny videos. Clicking around on Instagram and Facebook, being all over the internet, maybe watching a whole series on Netflix and we've wasted an entire weekend. And I'm not talking about one weekend, but weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend, time we don't get back. Satan blinds us with it and says, you know what, that's okay, you need a break. Oh, you've been through so much, you need that. You probably do, but probably not four or five weekends in a row. The algorithms are designed to snatch our attention and they find what we like and they pull up another video and another video and another video. And before you know it, I've been there before, before you know it, you're four or five, six hours deep and you're thinking, what in the world did I do? I saw some really, really stupid stuff that made me feel really good. Like one of the things that my daughter and I like watching is, is like when people get on bicycles or, or they get on skateboards and they wreck. Anybody else like watching that? Like, this is a really good idea. I'm going to get on a skateboard, and I'm a man, and I'm going to do my best to put my skateboard over this handrail. Mm-hmm. And then when the skateboard flies up, and I hit the handrail, I'm going to wonder what happened. I can tell you what happened. It hurts. Mm -hmm. and, and as funny as all that is, and things like that, and I'm not knocking skateboarders, that's great. But as fun as all this is, man, it wastes our time. It pulls our time away from us, time that we can't get back. Here's, a, here's another thought. Time marches on regardless of our readiness and willingness to fulfill our purpose. Time marches on like the song says. And it doesn't matter how ready we are or how much we want to. If we haven't done it, time does not stop. Seasons do not stop for us. We are not fulfilling our purpose in that time that we have wasted. But rather, we have wasted that time and we won't get back. And some of the purpose that we could fulfill is left on the table. I told you you wouldn't walk out of here shouting this morning. But it gives us something to think about. As we pursue seasons and we understand that God takes us through things. And we want to turn our eye to the season that we're in. We want to complain and say, God, it's too hard. We want to waste time and divert our attention. And the whole time God is trying to get us to that next spot that he wants to elevate us in because it's more of our purpose. The thing about this is our behavior is down and our purpose is up. To only, the only way we can get to our purpose is to continue to climb up, which means a stretching, which means difficulty, which means, God, I can't settle for where I'm at. I've got to do my best to embrace what you've given me. And God's ways are not my ways, and his thoughts are not my thoughts. So anytime I'm trying to interpret those, I'm always stretching for them because I cannot do them within myself. Purpose and time. Time doesn't stop. Time doesn't stop if we don't fulfill purpose. It continues to, it continues to go on. James chapter 4 verse 14 helps us. He were a vapor, a, a short time on here, here on earth. And there's things that we, 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 we must um, there's things that we don't have time for. Let me put it that way. And the biggest thing that we don't have time for is we don't have time to waste our time. Amen. 
I wonder, and me included, I wonder if every one of us made, uh, uh, if every one of us made a list of all the things that we do. I wonder how many things we could mark out because they're a complete waste of time. Here's another question that was posed to me earlier in the week. I wonder how many of those things that I wrote down could I mark out because I have the wrong motives for doing them anyways. That's really hard. It is really hard. But we're playing with something we cannot get back. We're playing with time. See, the world, our enemy wants to convince us that it's money that you can't get back, that it's relationships that you can't get back, that it's material possessions that you can't go back. So you want to go out there and spend all your money and grab as much of that stuff as you can and protect it and protect it and don't give it away because you may never get it back again. Whenever God is reminding us, no, the most important asset that we have is our time because that's the thing we, we can't hit the rewind button on. So whenever we waste it, we leave purpose unfulfilled on the table, and God never intended that for us. He's always intended us to say, listen, I want you to live the abundant life. And I'm telling you, there's very few things. That, there might be some things for a season that are as good, but there's nothing long-term that's as good as laying your head down to your pillow and saying, God, I'm in the purpose, I'm in the will that you have sent me into, and I can handle that. I will get up out of my bed and go into my used car. I will go into my house that's less than somebody else's. I will go into a job that I may not like, but I can go home, lay my head on my pillow and say, God, I'm living the purpose that you have given me. And that's worth more than all the gold in the world. And we will think it's worth all the, more than all the gold in the world whenever we stand before him on that day of judgment. Because all the gold in the world won't bail us out of that situation. It won't. So we have to be careful that we don't waste time. Our life is just a vapor. Here's a couple thoughts that we can do. What do we want to do with our time? Just real quickly, alone time with God. Being alone with God. All three of them should be up on the board. Being alone with God, hearing from God, and serving God. But Matt, shouldn't you put spend time with your family? Shouldn't you go be, work a little bit harder? Go read and, and study? Yes, but I'm telling you, if you will get yourself into a place where you're alone with God and then you actually want Him to speak to you, it's amazing what He will tell you. And He will tell you things like, hey, you're too busy and your life is flashing before your eyes and you're leaving your kids by themselves and you need to go spend more time with them. Or he might say, you know what, you need to get it in gear. You've been backing off work and doing some things and, and, and having your priorities all out of whack. You need to go back and do that just a little bit harder. Because how many of us know sometimes we hide behind our families? My favorite one is, oh, i got to ask my wife. Won't you quit throwing your wife up underneath the bus and make a decision? It's different when I have to check. I'm a horrible scheduler. Oh, man, last week I had to turn a couple down that I wanted to go out to eat with. And I said this, I said... Guys, I double booked myself. I was supposed to eat dinner with you guys today. But if I eat dinner with you, I miss my mother-in-law's birthday dinner. Yeah. They even sighed for me. <laughs> I, was, I was in a bind. Anybody ever been in a bind before, you know? Needed some little bit of grace. I'm not talking about that kind of stuff. Sometimes we have to schedule that kind of stuff. But we need to quit hiding behind those things and make those decisions. This is our time that we're either wasting or investing. 
So we step up to the plate and we do what we need to. Alone time with God, hearing from God and serving God. Man, some of us need to light a fire up underneath our seats. Listen, there's plenty of positions here at church that you can serve in. And God will speak to you while you're serving him. He really will. He'll speak to you in those moments. He'll show you your heart is softened to him. It's not just about coming in and sitting on the pews. Not that everybody does that. But it's also about saying, God, how can I serve you? Not just at my job, but how can I serve you here at church? Do I need to stand in line and serve pizza do i need to take out the trash do i need to stand at the door and greet i mean there's a lot of different things and god can speak to you when you do that and it's not a waste of time especially when it's in the right motives god i'm doing this because i want to build your kingdom you know that's some stuff that's going to last through the fire amen time the way that time is manifested though is seasoned so ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 to everything there is a season to everything. So everything, everyone, there is a season. We all go through seasons. So in our chronological time, if you will, we have seasons in the world. We see spring, winter, fall, and summer. I think in Oklahoma, we have hot and hotter sometimes, occasional snow. You know what I mean? So one, one guy said this about Chicago. They have two seasons. They have winter and they have construction. I don't know if that's true or not. I think that's what I think about sometimes when I drive down I-35. We have summer and construction. That's about all we have. Those are the two, the two seasons. But in, in the world, we understand that there are four seasons. In our spiritual life, it's the same thing. Remember, Scripture said we can go outside and look at nature and see God and see what God's doing, that He exists. Well, He uses those same principles in our life. God will change us through seasons in our life. So we want to be aware of, God, what are you doing in this season? What are you doing in the next season? Because I don't want to be trapped in the last season. There's, let me read this, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. Except that no one can find out the work that God does from beginning to end. It shows us that he works in season and he works in time. God's the only one who can sit back and see our lives from beginning to end because he works on a different timetable. In his, in his world, there is no time because he lives in eternity. So everything that he's created, this hiccup of time, if you will, he sits back and he looks into it and he knows what's going to happen. But it's still very much our decision what happens and what does not happen. And if we waste our time and we waste our seasons, we forfeit part of our purpose and we don't want to do that. There's nothing worse than people who are traveling into a new season but cannot identify the new season and they're trapped in the old season. The teenagers boggle me. I love them so much. It'll be 115 degrees outside and they'll wear hoodies. I'm like, do you guys know what season is? 115 degrees. Or in winter, we'll flow around and they'll walk out and they're in shorts, 13 degrees outside. They're in shorts and a hoodie. I'm like, man, you look confused. That's what you look like. You look confused. <laughs> you know, they don't care though. They got their own style and I love it. That's what I love about teenagers. You want the truth, just go ask them. They'll tell you. You better brace for it though. <sighs> you look confused. There's nothing worse in the spiritual realm than a person, God is trying to move them to the next season and they're confused. God is trying to bring them to that next point, but the last season was so good, God, this is where I want to stay, and I don't want to go to the next one. Or, God, I'm still bitter about you taking me through that season and you making me do some stuff I didn't want to do, so I'm going to keep bitterness and unforgiveness in my heart. Ooh. Come on now, this is real Christianity right here. And God is trying to switch us to that next season, and we're so 
we're so confused and because whenever we're confused, we're misinformed. Whenever we're misinformed, we're unprepared. And whenever we're unprepared, we can't handle what God's given us. And we don't want to be in that place. That's the reason why in Psalms chapter 119 verses 105, it says that your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path because I can't look at it from beginning to end. But you know what I can do? One step at a time. And regardless of what season you lead me to, what time frame I am, God, I'm going to worship you. I'm going to love you. And I'm going to buy into it because I know that if anything else, you are faithful. David says this, Psalms 119.75. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Boy, that kind of counters wealth and happiness and wisdom sometimes, doesn't it? That God will actually send afflictions into our life, corrections, and saying, you're not doing what you need to be doing, and I'm going to get your attention. And this is going to be the season that you walk through. But the amazing thing about it is he doesn't waste that time, and he will build us up to the next place. Society has, all across society, we have one thing that I, I think we struggle with. We all want to be the exception. I want to be the exception. I really wish I could eat Little Debbie's and drink Coca-Cola and be okay. <laughs> Come on, we got any Little Debbie fans out there? Come on now. I wish all I could do is roll out on my back porch in the cool of the morning while I'm walking with God, drink my coffee, stay there 10 or 12 hours and look at my bank account and all of a sudden it's a little bit bigger even though I didn't do anything. We all want to be the exception. But this is the problem. When we're the exception, we're not the example. And God's called us to be an example because we're a city set upon the hill that people may look and say, hey, those are believers in God. I don't know what they got going on, but I want to go to where they're at. See, God is trying to stretch us to that next standard. But if we're caught in this last season, for whatever reason, he can't pull us up. He's still trying to push us and saying, listen, the standard's got to get a little bit tighter. I've got to stretch you a little bit more. But I'm trying to take you to this place that I want to set you up. That season, it's tough. We change anyways. And in the faithfulness, you have afflicted me. In the midst of that season, we know one thing. God, you are faithful. And we will go through those seasons as truly sold-out Christians who give their heart and their mind and their soul to Christ. Because we don't have it all worked out and we don't know it. That he will take us through some crushing seasons, if you will. Where he challenges your theology. He challenges the revelation that we think we have and that we don't think we have. He'll challenge our view on people. He'll challenge our view on ourselves. Have you ever thought, God, I think I got it all together. Then went into a prayer meeting, just you and God, and you walked out and think, I ain't got nothing together. <laughs> it happens. God really speaks to you. I think those moments are whenever Kronos time intersects with Kairos time and all of a sudden God begins to really speak us, speak to us and show us where we're at and how much we're dependent upon him and how much we need him. And there's no other place that we'd rather be except for in that place where we say, God, I recognize my full dependence upon you. It's not caught in my words. It's not caught in my actions. It's not caught in my talents and my passions. None of that stuff is good enough, God. You are the only thing that's good enough. You are my sustainer. Stainer. Man, you talk about revelation. It'll change your life. Because you walk out and you realize, man, gotta have you. If I'm gonna make my time count, 
if I'm going to make this season count, then I realize I'm fully dependent upon you. I was, I was processing four things that I just want to leave you with that I think will encourage you as we move forward in this sermon series. What we have to have, or excuse me, what we do in every season. I'm going to read out a 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. What we do in every season. It won't take very long. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of evangelists, and fulfill your ministry. Paul is talking to his young son in the faith. And I love the first part of it because he says, as for you. Have you ever had a conversation with your teenager and said, I know this is how your friends are doing it. I know this is how some of these other people are doing it. I know this is how they're doing it in California. But as for you, you're going to do it this way. Anybody ever had that conversation? Paul is having one of those conversations with his young son, Timothy, because he goes through a list before this and says, listen, I'm going to tell you to go preach the gospel. Whatever you do, preach the gospel. And he says, in season and out of season. When you feel like it, when you don't feel like it. When it makes you popular, when it doesn't make you popular. When you think you can and you think you can't. In season and out of season, you preach the gospel. Then he goes down and he says, listen, you have to do some other things in your life because you're separate, you're called. And then he gets to verse 5. And he leaves him with four things that's saying, listen, do this in no matter what season you're in. Be sober-minded. Endure suffering. Be an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. I don't know what season you're in. But here was Paul writing to his young son, Timothy. And he's saying, listen, Timothy, this is how real it got. He said, listen, Timothy, I'm about to be poured out as a drink offering. And what he was saying is, listen, my departure is at hand. You will be doing this by yourself. Know that your father and the faith loves you, but you will be doing this by yourself. You're going into a new season, one that I, I probably won't be around. And Timothy, there'll be days when you wake up and you don't feel like preaching the sermon. There'll be days you wake up and you won't feel like leading that Sunday school class. There'll be days you wake up, you won't feel like greeting people at the door because they all stabbed you in the back anyhow. But I'm going to give you some keys for every season. Be sober-minded. Guard your mind. Don't turn to the world and turn to all that other stuff that can tell you how you should be feeling or what you should be doing or how you should be justified in your sin. Don't listen to any of that garbage. Turn that stuff off. You put on the mind of Christ. Be sober-minded. Don't turn yourself to things that will grow a dependency upon. In the good times, realize you need God. In the bad times, realize you need God. Endure suffering. Boy, that goes backwards on a lot of theology we hear today. There'll be times in your life, Timothy, that it's going to cost you big time to serve God. You don't back down. You do it anyways. And then he says something really hard. He says, in the midst of all of that, as if that's not enough, what I want you to do, Timothy, is I want you to make sure you spread the love of Jesus. That's what an evangelist does. An evangelist will show up with a fire in his heart or her heart and begin to stand up and say, I don't know what else you need, but I can tell you what you need desperately, and that is Jesus Christ. You need a relationship with Father God, and Christ gave his life to make a way. He said, listen, in anything you do, it doesn't matter how rich or how poor, how successful, how 
unsuccessful, how loved or how hated you are. You preach the gospel, man. In our lives, we do the same thing. It doesn't matter what season we're in. We can get so busy in prosperity that we start handing out money to people so they can go preach the gospel and be an evangelist. Oh, come on now. We think what we're doing is just a little bit too important and God's got me in this season, but that's not what the Bible says. And finally, fulfill your ministry. You're in a season of building. Don't leave your family behind. You're in a season of leanness. Don't leave your family behind. What's your ministry that God's called you to? And we know it's our family and things of that nature. But he goes, listen, don't let any of those reasons be justifications for not doing what God has called you to do. You're not always going to feel like it in the different seasons. Some days you're going to be thinking, you know what? I don't have to pray today. I don't have to read God's word. I was feeling God's Holy Spirit all day. I'm just going to walk out there and take on the world. Yeah, and you're going to find out how fast you can be on your face. Because it's not possible in ourself. Matter of fact, it's impossible, isn't it? It's an amazing thing. Tug of war. We know what tug of war is, right? So tug of war, I love going to youth camps. And what I always see is the same thing. There'll be two lines stretched out in a rope. And you know, you're trying to jerk the other team across. And I will see, without a doubt, one person in there and two people who want to be the anchors. Now, the anchors are the people who go on the back and they tie the rope around them. And it's hilarious to see because a lot of teams won't know what they're doing and they'll take the smallest 95-pound person you've ever seen, little bitty arms and little bitty legs with flip-flops on them. They'll tie that rope around them. And then you'll see a smart team. And they'll, well, they'll get a little bit beefier child. <laughs> little, little bigger one. Stand at the back of that rope and wrap around them and have the right shoes on. And you'll see that, you'll see that other team pull and pull and they can't move it. Then all of a sudden that anchor rolls back and jerks everybody with them. If you don't want to be jerked away in the season that you're in, you better anchor yourself to the steadfast love of Jesus. Because it's the only thing going to hold you. When the waves crash, when the success happens, we have to be anchored. I don't want to be pulled either direction. I don't want to be pulled into loneliness and depression and to self-worth and all those other stuff. But I don't want to be pulled into think, look who am I, and be prideful. Because both of them are dangerous and they'll lead to one spot we don't want to go. So we're anchored. So what season are you going through? And have you really anchored yourself? Are you looking into yourself right now to find the answer? If you are, you're in dangerous ground. But if you've anchored yourself in Christ, you're where you need to be. Don't think the season that you're going through is your fault. Could be. Maybe God has taken you through it. But don't give up on your purpose. Use your time wisely. Don't waste it. Don't look at the season with anger Say, God, what can I learn while I'm walking through this so I can fulfill the purpose that you've put on my life? Would you stand with me? We're going to do something a little different this morning. We're going to take a moment in our seats. We're going to take a moment in our seats. Would you just bow your heads with me? Father, we bring ourselves to you. You know the season that we're in. And there's one thing that we know we cannot do it without you. 
And our first step is always to submit our life to you and ask you to be our Lord and Savior. We cannot be successful without that. So if there be anybody in the room with your heads bowed right now and you're contemplating that, God has made himself known on the day of judgment when you stand before him and it's once appointed for man to die and then the judgment, you will be held accountable because he has made it plain. Why did he make it plain? So he could say, I got you. No, because he loves you that much. So surrender your life to him. And if you want to do that, we want to talk to you about that. It starts with you in your seat and saying, God, I surrender my life to you. But we want to talk to you about that. For my brothers and sisters who are in the building, the season's very personal. It's something between you and God, no doubt. Hard question. Have you been looking into yourself? Man, if I was just a little bit more happy, if I would do this, if I would do that. Or have you anchored yourself? This morning, I encourage you to do that. Say, God, I remember your steadfastness, and that's what I anchor myself to. And the success, and the difficulty, and the hurt, and the pain, and the love, and the excitement, and the elation, the only thing I get caught up in is you, God. Father, for my brothers and sisters who are in that place right now, as they surrender to you, They surrender that season. They don't really want to go through it, but they know that you're taking them through it, so they're going to go through it. They're in a season because of their own making, but now they've repented, and now they know that they're not alone, that you're going to walk with them through it. We're not going to waste time. Some things in our life that we need to get out of the way because your purpose is greater than what we feel in the moment. That overcomes it. Help us to take inventory and do what you've called us to do. Father, I thank you for my brothers and sisters this morning. We love them. We pray for your grace and mercy just to shine down upon them and their life, God. As they go out, let us be the lights that you've designed us to be. Let us be completely fulfilled in our purpose, God. Let us get rid of those things that we need to get rid of because what you have for us is greater than what we can ever imagine. Father, we receive this, we thank you, and we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. If you agree, would you just give Jesus Christ a hand clap of praise? Amen, amen. We are so thankful you joined us today. We would love to hear from you at rayofhopepodcast at gmail.com. Let us know how you are encouraged and how we can pray for you. Remember, Christ in you is the hope of glory, and hope changes everything.